Ladies and gentlemen, if you've just downloaded this show and it's Thursday night, oh goodness, aren't you quick off the button? We've just finished episode four of The Bachelorette, season six, Ellie and Becky Search for Love. I'm Osha Ginsberg. That's Alicia Aitken-Radman. How do you do? I am doing well. You told me this season was going to be good, Osha, and it is really. Those girls are not mucking around. How fabulous. I'm, I, I'm just, I'm still just buzzing with the demonstration of self-confidence and the, the the not even pausing. Don't go, oh, no, no, it doesn't hurt my feelings at all. I just need to know what oh, you said. Perfect. There was no edit there. She just went, she was straight there. Anyway, we'll talk, we'll get right into that. Um, Pascal certainly found out that Ellie and Becky do not suffer fools tonight. If you haven't caught up on episode three and four of season six of The Bachelorette, you just look, you go to pause this, go to 10 play, You'll be back in two hours, all right? See you after the theme music. Okay, so let's just rewind a little bit to Wednesday night, Alicia. Um, Ellie, Ellie, if you're listening, Pascal, Ellie, (laughs) finally taking Fraser out on a single date. Now, did this... Date location look familiar to you, Alicia? Oh yeah, I've I've been to a few school camps to the Three Sisters. <laughs> <laughs> I believe this was where Tim and uh, Tim and Anna had a uh, oh had, had their date. Yeah, had their first single date. Something like that. I vaguely recall it was a long time ago. I was on a lot of meds at the time, but uh, yeah. <laughs> no, actually, I wasn't. I was off meds at the time. I was. I can't remember. Uh, there was a lot going on, um, but I do. I vaguely recall there was a there, there was a cable car situation with Tim and Anna. So um, it was nice to see it again. He he was. Uh, how does he put it? <laughs> I think it was shitting himself. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Which is always a. Always a lovely, lovely way to be when you're trying to be romantic. But I feel like it, it, felt, it felt quite um, compatible with Ellie because I think that that is something that, you know, I, I think that's some parlance that uh, Ellie would employ to uh, also describe her emotions. And I thought it was quite nice. I feel like we've seen two things this season from two pretty like, you know, stereotypical, strong, um, mask men where they're pretty terrified. We had Shannon in the helicopter and now we've got Fraser and I think it's kind of nice that they're not trying to overcompensate and be all brave and they're just being honest that this is, it's he's shitting himself. What if I were to tell you that real men are allowed to express emotions and feelings of fear? If you're not, if, as, the, as the old saying goes, if you're not afraid, you're stupid. It's okay to be afraid of things that are frightening. It's okay to be afraid. That was frightening. I don't know. Like, I feel like once you were down on the seat, overlooking the canopy, you know, you've got a bit of a, you've got security, but when you're just being like coming down on that harness, I would, I was, I was, I would be Fraser's level. I'm very glad that I've never been made to do any of the sort of like adrenaline activities on The Bachelor. 
Well, again, it's all a part of that. And we've spoken about this on this show before. It's all a part of the idea of taking someone on a first date where some excitement is involved so that every time they see you, they are reminded subconsciously of that excitement and uh, that when you're in that heightened state, uh, that emotions are felt more intensely. And it's a very bo- obviously a very bonding moment as well if you're doing something so uh, exciting and dangerous and uh, intense and you're all strapped in and there's helmets and safety harnesses and all kinds of things. Um, it's certainly something to share and, res- and, and you know, respond to. It's kind of more than, oh, I met them for coffee. I loved that not only were they in their safety harnesses, but the bottle of champagne had a safety harness. The uh, the two champagne glasses had little, what do you little call it? Carry- and yeah, exactly. A little so and you know what was great is that Roger, our safety bloke, would, and I know that I know this for sure. He would have done it because he's done it. So I've seen him do it before. He would have looked Fraser dead in the eye because he couldn't. Wouldn't have been, if he could have held him by the shoulders, he would have. But he would have looked Fraser dead in the eye and said, "The only thing that doesn't have a lanyard on it is that champagne cork." <laughs> and you might think it's light now, but at, at 100 and something meters per second per second, if that hits someone below you, it'll mm. do this to them. Do not let it go. And you watch when he actually, if you watch it back, when he lets it go, he's like. Tear it, like holding onto it so tight that he doesn't pop it off. <laughs> you know, as we've seen. Remember, Lockie just boom, Sydney Harbour, suck it. <laughs> yes. And they shared their first kiss, and what a place to have a first kiss. It was so lovely. I mean, I mean, like you're not gonna go for it. Come on. Like you're not going to go for it. You're like, well, you know, we might as well. You're here. Oh, I just think like imagine regaling the kids with that story that they were just suspended <laughs> meters above a canopy of trees. Like it's be- it was – and those drone shots, Osha, oh, my gosh, they were gorgeous. We could do a whole other podcast about the effect of drones on the production of reality <laughs> television. Um, I was watching the drone shots last night of the uh, – I watched, we watched the replay of the NRL. You're in Western Australia, but there's this other game they play, less goalposts, less people. Um, it's called the NRL, and we're watching a replay of the Parramatta game. It's like, damn, that's some good droning. I wish I could. They don't play the NRL here in WA. I'm an NRL supporter. I'm I'm big Raiders fan, and, yeah, you can't get it over here. Uh, it just doesn't how happen. Good was, how good was Papali's try? I mean, that was a really oh. good try the other night, wasn't it? Like, I was really impressed. I was worried about it. So anyway, at least... Clearly, she's a confident human being. Uh, both her and Becky have portrayed to all of us by now that they are not here to mess around. They're not here for a haircut. Um, they they know what they're after, but she still gets a little uh, jumbled up around around Fraser. What do you think's going on there? Do you reckon she's just kind of losing it a bit because there's something going on? I don't understand this part. I, I get why Ellie is jumbled up and I think it's a good sign for her and Fraser. I feel like on both of my seasons of Bachelor in Paradise, I became a bit, I wouldn't, less so the first season with Jules, more so with Glenn, um, but I became a bit jumbled up and shy, not necessarily even related to the relationship itself, but more that I was so surprised that you know, I think a lot of people go into these shows potentially, even if they're not going to admit it, a little bit cynical that they'll actually find something real. And I remember on both of my Bachelor in Paradise seasons, given I hadn't had feelings for the honey badger, sorry, um, Oh my God, I just forgot his real name, Nick. And I'm not going to prompt you. Oh, damn it. I was really hoping you would remember. Oh, damn. Sorry, Nick. Um, but, uh, I, I I was pretty dumbfounded to even be having 
real emotions of, you know, attraction, love. Um, I think the phrase I used was horny for Glenn. Mm. (laughs) Um, So I think maybe she's also a little bit like, whoa, okay, I've come into Mm. this experience and now there's a guy in front of me that this, this, I could, I see a future here. I understand the cynicism. It's a self-protection mechanism. I get it. It's the, oh, look, you know, we'll see what happens, but I don't believe, you know, it's, it's, it's the self-protection of your, your vulnerability, I guess. Um, and I, look, I also remember the, the shyness. Audrey will regale you with, it, on our first not date, she didn't realize it was a date, on our first not date, um, she drove me home and I said goodbye. And before I'd started the buh, of the buy, I had unbuckled the seatbelt, opened the door, and dived out of the car. Uh, I was so shy and so because I just so d- didn't want to get to that awkward. Do I don't? Yes. Know, what, what, yeah. I, I, I she she may as well have just kind of slowed to fifteen, and I could have rolled. Um, but but yeah, she was like, I I didn't know if you were into me because you just yeah. dived out of the you just dived out of the car. I think so many people have similar stories, and I think it's almost when you get to this point where you're like. Oh, I really, I'm, I'm feeling these emotions and you, you're almost a bit nervous about it. So oh, it's, I think it's good signs for Ellie and Fraser. Good sign as well. He, he got a rose. So happy times. Maybe we'll find out what is written on his right flank at some point. Um, much smaller <laughs> font than strength and honor. So we're going to have to get a, lo- a, a good hard look at that rig, Fraser. So uh, um, maybe a little more gear off. We got to a group date uh, last year. And I've got to say, I really missed myself. You know, I really missed that I was the, yes. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't able to be the MC. On this, but goodness me, didn't Rudy do a fantastic job? Have you happened to do a bit of research of Rudy's Instagram? No, do I need to? I'm you usually very up on the stalking. No, uh, research. Um, look, if you weren't able to count to six before you got to Rudy's oh. Instagram, you'll now probably be able to count to eight or even ten. Oh okay. gosh, okay. I'm putting that on my to do list. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe when Glenn's not around. Because um, holy moly. <laughs> Uh, the guys that it's, it's like the team or see the amount of rig situation going on there. It's out of control. Uh, but he did a cracking job. Uh, and I was very happy that he was able to take over the MC duties, uh, a very similar date to the stand up comedy gig that we did last year, which was really fun by the way, super weird to have the masked singer bachelor at crossover episode with puppet showing up again, the red wiggle, <laughs> very small red wiggle, uh, which was really weird. <laughs> oh, it was <laughs> terrifying. You know, Glenn was actually on the stand-up comedy date last year. Not that you would have known it because you got like, <laughs> you got maybe a two-second clip, but it is on right. template if you want to see the whole thing. And he All said right. that, he said that it was one of, it was um, both obviously very terrifying, but it was also one of his best, the best experiences that he had on the show. So I think that... Yeah. And I still think about Tim Tim Hanley's duck joke on a daily basis. That yeah. was classic. <laughs> yeah, he, it was. It was a really fun day. It was, but there was a couple of you know people that absolutely hit it out of the park. Some plate spinning, like yeah, accidentally learn how to get good at plate spinning. Like you've deliberately gone out of your way, unless you're in like I don't know a dare or a YouTube, I'm going to learn one thing a month every year. You know, how do you, I don't even know how you get good at plate spinning. Adrian had already said, yeah, I don't even think about the future to Becky. And then 
For a second, I thought, kite surfer, hacky sack, here we go. This all made sense. And then it just fell to pieces. Oh, my gosh. It was honestly watching like a slow moving car crash because we had the um, the edit took us back to the last one of the last cocktail parties where he's yes. given her a piece of his heart. And it, it just seemed very sincere and like he was very much in the experience. To, so to see him pivot so hard to saying that he, like, honestly, I don't even think we should talk about what happens after. Like, that's what they need to be doing on this show. They These yeah. girls need to know that the guy that they're going to, because I, I find that in some ways, you know, your relationship starts, like the bachelor experience helps you identify a spark and a connection, but so much of the work happens afterwards. It's almost like you press restart on the relationship and you, you have to actually build a relationship in the real world. So you need to have these discussions about, you know, these girls need to know that these guys are ready to do some work. Right. Because you can't, I get what you're saying. So you're basically, let's just say, let's use a MasterChef analogy. The time on the show up to the final, you know, finale, if you get there, is the prep. And then the cooking starts. The cooking starts and then you plate up. You plate up as soon as the finale goes to air. Right. Perfect. Yeah. And I, I really think that, I, like, I think the show is incredible for being able to identify that spark. And I do, like, obviously people fall in love through the experience, but I think so much of the hard work comes, so much of the cooking comes after <laughs> to borrow your energy, right. Osha. I think that the show itself presents, like, you're in such a, particularly on the main franchise, you're mm. dealing with so many other uh, like strange dynamics, I guess. You've got other people yeah. in the mix. So you really have to recalibrate when you're on the outside. And I remember I said something um, on my first season of Bachelor in Paradise when we got out of Paradise, me and Jules, one of the things that, one of the first messages that I sent him because I was uh, I was struggling with clearly we had had this intense emotional connection in Fiji and I sort of, I sent him a message saying I'm struggling to recalibrate our relationship outside of the TV show environment and I need to take a break because it's emotionally, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, too, it's too challenging for me. You didn't choose to actively not pursue him? Actively well, not pursue him? <laughs> That last that break lasted about a month, and then we were back on the back on the hot and cold, oh, as Katy Perry would oh, say. Oh, well, look, at, look, honestly, I know we're talking about that, but look, I'm I'm really grateful that we got to do After Paradise that year. I was really grateful that we were able to have a few moments uh, similar to that um, for everybody to allow people to to process these outside of a DM or a text. Goodness me, uh, there was uh, <laughs> two two uh, two performances really stood out. Uh, Sam, who had the red wiggle on his knee, and um, Joe uh, going for the Joey going for the classic uh, grown man in a in a <laughs> leotard, g- rhythmic gymnastics. Um, any rhythmic gymnast watching would have been, "How dare you make fun of the thing?" Have you ever? My, my eldest used to do rhythmic gymnastics. That is the hardest thing 
ever, ever, ever. That is one of the hardest things to do in the Olympics. I don't care what you say to me, but you honestly, you, you, okay, you can run in a straight line fast. Great. Can you throw a ball in the air, do three tumble turns, <laughs> a backflip, two handstands, catch the ball in the small of your back, do another tumble turn, flip it, and then balance <laughs> it on your nose to end? No. So rhythmic gymnasts win. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so, so, so Joey, as, as like, you know, as a result of his, not that he even chucked out a couple of tumble turns, there was a couple of leaps, but there was no catching a ball in the small of his back. No. That was clearly good enough to get him some one-on-one time. And yeah. he brings up this concept of fate because obviously they've, you know, they've, they've uh, hung out on the, <laughs> in the outside world and he thinks that it's fate that has brought them back together. Osha, do you believe in fate? No, I don't. I don't. Also, it's the same as like people say things happen for a reason. No, they don't. We just decide things just happen and how we perceive them is what they mean. We make things mean things, all right? That's it. The sun came up today, the sun sets. This, all these things happen by themselves. People show up in different places and we go, oh, my God, it's a sign because I saw a rainbow lorikeet wink twice at me on the same day as I ran out of toilet paper. On the same day I saw your Instagram. This is meant to be. No, you've just joined some dots that weren't supposed to be joined, but now you've suddenly decided it means amazing things. I don't believe in that stuff. Yeah. I'm being a total downer on your romantic adventure. Oh, no, no, no. But I, I think that's really interesting because I think I've often associated um, I've often associated maybe like not, I'll just talk about it plainly, meeting Glenn as an act of fate in the sense that I thought that I always thought that there was a reason why I felt compelled to go on The Bachelor. But I think it's more of less fate, but more I have made decisions in my life, autonomous decisions to put myself out there on a reality TV show. And in the same sense as when people date in real life, um, you, you have to you have to make moves in your own life to find that person. Like I think that so often when it comes to love and relationships, people expect things to just fall into their laps. And I don't think that it always works like that. I think that you have to, you know, if, if you're struggling to meet somebody, you need to put yourself out there. You need to go gra- get a new hobby where you could potentially, you know, that that person could be waiting for you at a pottery class, but you need to go do the yes. pottery class to find them. I couldn't agree with you more. My buddy Youngie says it to me. His dad used to always say, mate, no one's going to walk down your driveway and knock on your door and offer you a career. Mm-hmm. All right? Like, and like when I think of every break I ever got at work was I always swam out to the boat. I never waited for the yeah. boat to come into shore. All right? That's how every break I've ever had in my career has, has happened. And yeah, you as, as you just said, you have to put yourself in the path of serendipity. 
All right. You have to. You can't wait around doom scrolling through your phone expecting Prince or Princess Charming to come go, hey, I'm here. Brilliant. Let's start a life together. No, you actually have to go and put yourself. You can't catch waves if you don't paddle out. I don't know how many metaphors you want to go with, but you can't. Like you can't go surfing if you don't paddle out. You have to to be there. You have to be there. You got to put yourself in the way of the thing. And exactly what you're saying, you know, if you are really into hiking, like Arena, for example, and you're like, my current boyfriend or girlfriend doesn't really like hiking or my last boyfriends or girlfriends didn't like hiking, go and do some things with other people who like hiking because that's where you'll find the person who's, you've got to be into the same thing. Otherwise, it just doesn't work. We've said this before. (laughs) I've been thinking about this recently, though, because currently Lockie and Irina are on some, like, they're doing a full camping extravaganza and I remember we were discussing last season about like you know does she really like hiking Bella's there sort of being like oh she like I really don't think she likes hiking and then we were talking about like her posting her hiking photos mid-season and I'm just wondering like imagine if the poor girl did like do the most amazing political move and like concoct that she likes hiking and now she's like doing these 10k hikes being like like, fuck my life. <laughs> oh, come on now. There was a photo from 2017 with her in a Labrador yeah. up a mountain. She, yeah, she yeah. loves and hiking. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we got to the rose ceremony. Uh, Becky was thinking about Adrian because he's like, I oh, don't worry, let's not talk about it. She pulls Ellie away. They needed to have, I love this part. I love, I love, I love the Ellie and Becky having the sister moments. It really, it just, it's, I'm thrilled with this stuff. You know, he talks about that he really just, I just want to live in the moment. I'm, you know, know, Uh. go where the wind takes me. I'm a kite surfing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Becky still kind of gave him a rose though. What do you think? Why why talk to me through that? Why she's got all these, all this information in front of her. Why would she then still choose to give him a rose? You know, I think it's a Harry situation in the sense that like, I think sometimes, and you know, I've been guilty of this as well when all of your better judgment is telling you this person is not correct for me. I am seeing lots of not even red flags but objective barriers to us working together as a couple. But sometimes you just need to give it one more go to clarify that for yourself. And I think with the Adrian situation, I think you can see in that first chat at the cocktail party where he gives her a piece of his heart it seems like he is going to be great. And uh, I'm not saying that he's not great. I just think that, you know, they they want different things clearly. And I, I'm hoping that that registers for Becky, but she might just need another week. I can, I can relate to that. I know that, and Audrey and I talked about this. I know I spoke about my you know, earliest times with Audrey earlier. Um, she really, she could see that I was into it. And I wanted to do it, but you could also see that there was a there was a there was a self protection part of me that was jumping in and sabotaging the whole situation. She was like, "All right, I'm just going to have to fight that version of you. Yeah, going to have to fight fight through him to get to the other one that I know actually wants this." And uh, thank goodness, thank goodness she did, because um, I would come up with all this bullshit. And she would go, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, okay, great." Yeah, yeah. But actually, here's what's really happening. It was I was actually really lucky, lucky that she did. Now I should people did mention this last week that they missed me at the end of the rose ceremony. Now, there was a few reasons why I couldn't be there. Number one, um, because we now have two bachelorettes, here's some secret insider TV goss for you. Because we now have two, two bachelorettes, we need two single shots, mm-hmm. which means we have an extra cameraman 
at least one extra cameraman in the room, okay, which means there's an extra another person at the back. So there's now more camera people in the room. And with the amount of people in the room, it's like, well, if I'm in there as well, it takes us over the limit. Okay, so oh. we had to figure out a way to do the rows. Yeah, that is so interesting because some of the guys on the first night, the ones who had already received the roses, usually they're standing there by the side, but they actually weren't in the room. And I knew it wasn't a case exactly of not being right. able to fit them because you can fit a lot of people <laughs> standing up there. Yes. That's exactly right. That's exactly the reason. And so we have, and you've, we, you saw us start to do it because of COVID with Lockie mm. and that I would leave the room, then Lockie would walk mm. in. Similarly, I leave the room and then the ladies walk in um, because there's now just so many extra crew in there as well to make sure we get those two single shots of the, of the ladies. Um, so we then just kind of carried that through. Uh, and as you know, there were some episodes that I wasn't able to be there for because of what we discussed last week. Um, but because of that, um, I'm not able to come back into the room and do my whispers. Oh, and there was four guys. So if we ever needed you to whisper their names, Osha, it was this week. Now, bear in, bear in mind, uh, we've kind of got a running rule that if there's more than two, um, it's generally a collective. Oh. It's a ladies, you didn't, or a gentleman, you didn't. Um, but because we've got a bit of time here, in case you missed the whispers. Here we go. Here we go. Sarge, Trent, Andrew, Rudy. I'm sorry, gentlemen, but you didn't receive a rose. Could you please take the time now to say goodbye? <laughs> there you go. It was beautiful. I feel better now. Like people just need to come here oh, every week for your whispers. Now there was there was quite a uh, as we move towards the Thursday night show. I'll get I'll get some more whispering. Because we, you know, we, we we lost some some other blokes, so we'll do some more whispering later on. Um, but we have to get to Thursday night's episode, uh, episode four that involved the uh, the Pascal situation. So we need to take a break. We need to pay the piper. Uh, back in a second. The Professor and the Hack: Accessible Politics with just a touch of depth. I'm Hugh Rimmington, and I'm Peter Van Onslem. You can find us, The Professor and the Hack, wherever you find quality podcasts. Cocktails and Roses, Osha Ginsberg and Alicia Aiken-Radman here. We are breaking down uh, season six of The Bachelorette, Ellie and Becky's quest to find love. Uh, Becky is about to go on a single date and she's choosing Pete, who, if you recall, Pete did they, uh, I'm going to say it was a brilliant move, just held a little Akubra up and snuck a pash at the photo shoot. Just a little, I love that it was a private moment between him and her. And that, uh, you know, really set a little, shall we say, a little bait. A little bait. There it is. I've been waiting for this single date because Pete is my pick. I think they're in love. And we're back on top of the Harbour Bridge. Last time we were here on The Bachelor, it was for the world record longest kiss. Sam Wood and Nina and me standing (laughs) probably about one and a half metres away from them. With a stopwatch, <laughs> calling it like I was Ray Warren at the NRL, <laughs> and Nina wasn't holding back. Wow! Neither was Sam. It was a, a very intimate moment, and we were all there. They uh, then and they get to the top, and there's a pop star waiting for them. Starly, she's waiting up there. I don't know how long she'd been there for. Quite some time. Um, she sings, and then uh, have you ever done the bridge climb? No, I haven't. 
Okay, so you have these this weird harness that you have to wear, and um, there's a, a like a carabiner mm. that goes along a, a, a railing that you never you're never unclipped basically the whole way. You're you're all all lanyarded up the whole way, and so if one person's in front of you, you can never overtake them. Right. Like you're just basically in a line the whole way. So they try and dance with Aww. you know forty five <laughs> centimeters of wire affixing them to the to the railing. Yeah, look, it's the best they can I do. love, I, I sort of, I have a soft spot for an awkward bachelor date and this was kind of awkward. I loved, I thought Starly was great, but it's just kind of a bit, I feel like it's, it's a, it's very intimate to just like have one person sing their unreleased song for you. And then they're dancing. Like it wasn't, it wasn't great dancing. <laughs> They can blame it on the carabiners, but it was very like, it was very like, I, I remember when me and Glenn first got out of paradise and we went up to Darwin to see, to hang out with Renee and she took us to Monsoons, this club in Darwin. And I'd realized that I'd never seen Glenn dance before. And it was, it was, it was very like, it's very like Theresa May walking onto the stage. (laughs) If anyone's seen that YouTube oh. clip, it's kind of like oh, it's like that. It's like my wife tells me. My wife tells me all the time. She's like, she's lucky you've got a good jawline because I dance like a white, yeah. I dance like a white man at a wedding. I really do. There's an overbite. It's horrible to see. Yeah, the 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 hub bridge part was a little bit orcs, but I think it was really salvaged in their one on one time, which just was so emotional and intimate with Pete sharing his personal circumstances of that he has been. I think he was married for 12 years and he hasn't been separated for quite 12 months yet, uh, which was, which is a big thing to share. And I understand why he might've been a little bit nervous to open up about his life, but I think it's good that they were able to have this chat. It's real. It's look in the same way that I started seeing Audrey when I was forty. All right, and look, the fact of the matter is, if you're going to be dating people when you're over forty, you're going to be dating people who have, you know, you're not their first. Sorry, sunshine, they've been around the road before, and that could mean marriage, that could mean kids, it could mean both. All right, in my case, it was uh, Audrey had a child already, and in her case, I'd been married already. That's just how it is. And we've all got a past, we've all got exes and they are a part of how we have, you know, become to be that day. And as as far as I'm concerned, Alicia, as long as you have done the work, as long as you sat down and gone, okay, now what was my part in this relationship breaking down? What was my part in it not working? Um, how can I address that? How can I make sure it doesn't happen again? And let's be honest, when you're in a long-term relationship like that, um, it's pretty obvious that there's it's it's over, yep. and it's pretty obvious that okay, there's that's it. It's it's gone. It's run its course. It's past. I'm I'm beyond it. And let's let's move forward. Let's figure that out. But like I said, as long as you've done the work, because otherwise you're just going to put yourself and now somebody else through the same thing again, and you're going to wake up seven years later and go, what? Oh no! Oh, I've done it again. Yeah, I I mean, I think we will see in time and see through the season. I think people's actions obviously speak louder than words and I I am hoping the only thing that I actually, I I share your 
your concern, Osha, like as long as people have done the work, I do get worried that sometimes people coming out of relationships do. I think we've seen a couple of times through the series, people have signed up for the bachelor to like get back and back at their ex. Um, really? Well, <laughs> uh, so, but I, Pete doesn't strike what? me as that type. So I'm hoping no. that it's more of like a, um, I'm, I'm doing this for myself and really putting myself out there in a new and exciting way rather than like. Even if it's a, even if it's a, I've been swiping around on these stupid apps and uh, like, I can't pick which, there's five girls. Which one is it? I don't know. Why put a group shot as the first shot? What's going on there? Why is it you at a wedding? Do I have to guess? Swipe? Oh, it is. Oh, okay. It's the one I thought it, I didn't want it to be. Great. Now I feel like an arsehole because I got to the second photo. It's not, duh. You know, that's, I get the feeling like the bachelorette, what have I got to lose? <laughs> it can't be any worse than whatever it is that I'm doing, sitting on my phone by myself at night. You know, that's so good on him. I tell you, um, and, and I'm glad they had that situation. I'm glad they got a chance to talk. Why, why do you think Becky got emotional? Oh, I thought that this moment, being able to see Becky at such a in such a vulnerable position, like your, her emotions were just coming through that screen. Um, I, I think clearly, obviously we didn't get to see the full ins and outs of the chat, but to me, just reading between the lines, I think they were probably talking about hurt that they've experienced in the past. I think particularly right. in Becky's experience, it seems like she might have been alluding to some sort of, you know, her trust being broken and she, I, I, I thought, I thought she was clearly identifying something in her life that had hurt her quite deeply and you could see that hurt written on her face. And I think that's yeah. amplified when you have someone sitting in front of you where, again, going back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, where you're like, oh, shit, like I'm identifying something here that this is real. I'm having real emotions in this moment and it's making me nervous. And I think that your nerves can also sort of um, come out in in that way as well. I think the intensity of emotion that she's feeling both for Pete and reflecting on her past relationships, it's a lot. Uh, that sounds that sounds like what was going on. I get that. And she was actually on my, uh, her and uh, Ellie came on my podcast the other day and uh, she did speak about that. She didn't speak about the last relationship that she was in and she spoke about, and it makes sense what you're saying. It makes sense that they, they probably were talking about that. The next thing we see, uh, we're back at the mansion and uh, I don't know if you realize it, but Osher is the Hebrew word for integration, uh, which integration in case you're wondering is like, are we going for a drive? It just happens to be in this incredible lookingness and, you know, because, you know, that's how we make, we're a business. Um, the kettle chips integration. We've done some pretty good ones. The Starbucks stuff we did with Lockie was pretty great. Let's just have a coffee, girl. <laughs> uh, that was pretty great. But the crunching of the chips oh my as a punctuation <laughs> of the awkwardness around Pascal's inability to remember if it was Ellie or Ali was absolute gold. What was he doing? Gold. What was Pascal doing in this situation? It was awful, to be honest. Like they've been in this experience. Like he knows the girl's names. He's just being, a, like, I don't have any other words for it. He's being an absolute wanker. Like, of course, you know that her name is Ellie. Surely. So he clearly, 
like I've I've got pretty serious hearing damage. I need to wear hearing aids when I'm out and about. It's easy to understand if you could mishear that. Do you think it could have possibly, can I give him any benefit of the doubt? Do you think he could have possibly misheard? I think he was taking the piss. Like there's no way you're sitting in interviews day after day. Oh, it's a different situation if you have hearing loss. And I just don't think that like that to be, to be like objective about it. If someone actually had difficulties, I don't think that we would be seeing that on our screen. Someone struggling to, it's like, he's clearly taking the piss. He's sitting in interviews where producers would be sitting there asking him, now, what do you think about Ellie? Like he's not, he does, he knows that her name is not Ali. So I think that, I think almost, I think once we get to this point, we're, we're four weeks, we're, we're at week four. Um, so the boys have been there for a substantial period of time. I think you sort of know whether you're, I wouldn't say like, I think we've seen late front runners. We've seen people get later dates and really establish a substantial connection. But I think you, you also having been someone who has not been a front runner on the main franchise, I think, you know, if you're, if you don't have a connection with the person and it's, you're probably not going to end up at the end. And I feel like he's almost doing this like kind of gross toxic masculinity thing of like pretending not to know their name to like as as almost like a self-defense mechanism to like show he doesn't care that much. Oh. Sorry, this is, a, this is a, it's an intense oh. call, but I didn't like this. I didn't, I didn't like this dialogue. I, and, and I think this carries through to the group date, um, just passing over well, the mini date with James. But, you know, we see it through you, this episode. Okay, so in one fantastic monologue there, you've just ruined how awesome <laughs> I thought his glasses and moustache were. And Never trust a guy with like it. a little moustache on the main franchise, Osha. It's ended up badly for me before. Never do the like quirky oh, dude with a moustache. <laughs> There's always something. Never do the quirky dude with a moustache. <laughs> There's the Instagram quote right there. Um, yeah, there was, a, there was a mini date with James um, and it went very quickly with Ellie. Ellie. It went very quickly from chatty, chatty, chat to boom. Uh, water pash, like not just a regular pash, but water pash. Uh, and it seemed intense. It seemed like that was, it wasn't just, it was on. Yeah, I liked it. I'm going to be interested to see how this develops with James because like now we're getting to the point where there's quite a few guys in the mix for Ellie. So it's going to be interesting between Fraser, James, oh, actually, who else do we have? Joe, Joe, Joe sorry. Yeah. There's lots going on. Uh, I liked I liked a water now, kiss. It was nice. <laughs> it was it was good and steaming. Mm. Uh, we've we've seen some interesting things happen in in pools over time. Um, of course, famously the Abby Chatfield Matt Agnew swimming pool moment, uh, which brought Australia probably the greatest two syllable insult we've ever had. Romance, <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, it was a great moment. Anyway, uh, moving on to bit of a stitch up. Gonna say it. Bit of a stitch up. Like if you, uh, let's say, for example, you have a bunch of bachelors and one of them, I don't know, happens to be, uh, goodness, let's say uh, Dylan Alcott, and you go, all right, guys, today's group date, we're playing tennis. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Man. 
<laughs> I like it though. Like it's Mr. Wimbledon over here. There's been a lot of challenges through COVID, I imagine, in terms of like getting, oh, we've seen lots of good stuff actually. We've seen the helicopter, we've seen the Harbour Bridge, but I feel like production was also like, hmm, here's a freebie. We've got a professional wakeboarder that we can use for this like super cut of one minute of amazing flips. <laughs> it's just impressing Prof- Ellie like, tremendously. Just get me, I don't understand this part. Surely a professional wakeboarder would probably, I don't know, have a wetsuit. What's he doing wearing a parka? Like, he was like, what are you wearing a hood for? You can, I didn't understand that. It seemed like completely the wrong fashion. Because he could be doing upside down stuff and the hood gets in the way. I just don't understand. There's so many things I don't understand. Have you ever done that that, that cable wakeboard? I have not. <laughs> I don't think that I, oh, maybe. I don't feel like I would be. I think I would go, uh, was it Pascal's way where he just like, he talked a big game and then he was just like straight Didn't off he? the board. Well, um, I'll, I'll be real honest here. There's a, there's a great little montage of a couple of boys getting the, just getting, just failing yeah. on the, on the takeoff. It's really tricky. It's really, it, it, it's not like get taking off behind a boat. It just absolutely flips mm. out of your hands and, uh, um, the way they played the the way the edit played the Pascal talking at talking the big game situation, um, delicious. Not gonna lie, <laughs> I felt the Schadenfreude. Yeah. I felt it. I felt it inside my heart, and I giggled in at the same time as James. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a person falling over after talking themselves up. There was a moment when we got um, back to the rose ceremony. Uh, we were wondering about. You know, as you mentioned earlier, not seeing yourself as a front runner, not seeing yourself with a connection, what kind of ways can you protect yourself? What kind of ways? And it's uh, totally understandable. What kind of ways can you go, all right, this isn't for me. We saw AB on the first night go, you know what? I've got to be honest with you. This isn't for me. And the honesty was really great. And we saw Harry uh, really weigh up his options. He had tried quite hard, I'm going to say, maybe in my opinion, Let's just say he tried quite yeah. hard to to get there. He'd given it stacks, and it seemed quite evident that no, it's not there, not there for you, is it? So then he thinks, what am I missing by being here? And it's quite clear that he's he's weighing up, you know, the the cost of being away from his family, from his boy, is is too much, and he he shows himself out. What do you make of the the seeing yourself out? I was. I think we talked about this in our first episode, Oshad, that we were almost hoping that Harry would AB himself, just recognising that clearly they were on different paths, which is fine. And so I I was really, I, I thought it could have gone both ways. I thought potentially Harry could have like, you know, not picked up what Ellie was putting down and then go the other way with it. So it was good to see him be so mature and to evaluate it for himself as well with his son. And I, yeah, I thought, I thought it was great, but, um, that was, that was a good, that's how you do a departure. Well, uh, then we pivoted very quickly to, uh, the conference. Oh, well, First, Becky had to gather some intel and she goes to yes. Aggie to just, I like this. They were just like getting a second opinion. They've already got it from uh, their undercover, was it cousin and friend? Yeah, which is always a fun oh, love it. We've done it. We've undercover brothered it. We've done cousin. We've done it. It's good. It's fun. You're never safe. Uh, and it's all, I guess it's all a part of helping people figure out 
uh, information as get as much information as possible before they make a a, a choice about where their where their, where their heart lies in a very short amount of time. It's only a number of weeks that we we make the show for, and so you're really trying to put these things in the in the mix to to help people get to that emotional state quicker. And as you mentioned, yeah, um, Becky wanted to just okay, I just want to double check mm-hmm. this. Um, I just want to make sure that I was hearing it right. Aggie spills the beans. And then Becky's on the warpath and this walk is just classic. She's like <laughs> The walk was amazing. The gate the 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 gate just said you know that every step had a syllable. Yeah. So yeah, she's she's mid cocktail. And Becky marches over and clearly is like, oh no, the girls need to talk. And so old mate just goes gets out of there quickly. And that was a good move by Damien. We haven't seen too much Damien yet, but I'm looking forward to seeing more of him because one, he's very handsome and two, that was a really good move. Um, The way the ladies, now I want to take some time to talk about this. The way the ladies discussed what was going on and how without missing a beat, Becky says, oh, it doesn't affect the way I feel about myself. I just want to be sure what what was happening. The way that she is... To start with, already secure within herself and not requiring another's validation that someone, it doesn't hurt my feelings. I just want to be sure what was said. The way that she was so sure about her feelings and, and completely unflustered, I would have been like, you said, what about me? Oh. I would have I would have hurt. My, I would have been hurt. I would have been like, had a weird feeling in my tummy and my hands would have shaken. I would have been like, why don't you like me? But she was like, no, nah, I am fine. It really. Myself. If I could yes. achieve this level of self-worth. It made me so, like, it actually helped me moving into my, well, now we're moving into Friday or Thursday night, if that's when you're listening to. But, like, I, it just helped, helped me really personally when Ellie was just so staunch and said, like when he's trying to backpedal and just like justify, he's like, Oh, you girls, I actually think you're really stunning. And Ellie just like snaps and says, no, that comment does not impinge on my self-worth is what she said. And I just thought, you know what? That is so incredible because she just took it. He, she, in that moment, she took all any power that he thought he had away from him by just being like, no, I don't like you're you're not affecting me. So see ya. That the two of them had it. Like I know we spoke about this last time, but if I was their parents, I would be high fiving each other. Like to go look at look at our girls. Look at the the solid foundation of self worth that these people are going through life with. Like goodness me, I chase a career in television and radio because I want people to like yeah. me. I mean, let's. I'm not alone there. All right, and if if I like there was a man to come and look at the insulation at our house this morning and he was uh, the way our roof is it doesn't work and I was I spent 20 minutes going man I'm so sorry maybe you can go up the road there's a nice cafe around the corner I just wanted him to leave not being upset at me you know I care way too much yeah. about what other people think about me these two ladies just like oh no I'm good I'm good what you think about me does not matter at all if I could achieve exactly. that level of oh. could you imagine the freedom that would bring oh. in, in in your life I read like one like, Daily Mail comment the other day and I was like, nah, I'm done for the day. <laughs> These girls have yes, it going on. I'm just, so happy about it. Brilliant. And like, bear in mind, the young man's been filmed, okay? And um, he denies the whole thing. Oh. Den- and this is the thing that blows my mind. It's like, but it is on camera. It's a very Bill Goldsmith move. <laughs> 
It's like, oh, I definitely didn't say that. And it's like, oh, babe, like, do you not realize there are like multiple cameras around here? You are, you in fact, you know that little thing on your lapel? That's a microphone. (laughs) Yes. And there was an issue that he brought up, uh, apparently brought up, how much uh, kissing that had been going on, about how many different blokes have been kissing, oh. even the, the 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 way these ladies looked. I dare say, if the roles were reversed, it would be the way. I do hope this is a moment in my heart of hearts. I do hope this is a moment that Pascal can reflect upon and perhaps outside the situation. Like, uh, how do I put this? I will often, when I'm in uh, a tiff um, uh, with Audrey, I am so staunch and I'm so like, no, no, this is it. No, 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 no. And then afterwards, only when all the, you know, the stress hormones and all those mm. things have gone out of my body, I can go, oh, oh no. Oh shit. Now. And I have to go back hat in hand and say, babe, last night when I said, and I have to apologize, but in the moment I can't see it. And so I can, if he's in that situation, I can relate to that. And I hope that once the, the the blood has settled and the, all those you know hormones have come out of his body. He's able to look at it objectively and have a chance to you know assess why this was an issue. All right, and maybe have a think about maybe how he could do it differently. I really hope he has a chance to learn from this. Um, and that's how we grow. That is how we grow. That is how we grow. Um, there was no rose ceremony, and uh, unfortunately, because it would have been quite delicious. Um, but and so there would be no whispering. Um, but um, mm. uh, Harry saw himself to the door. But I would have, I would have come in. Uh, I would have come in and said, uh, "Gentlemen, yes, uh, Harry and Ellie, as you know, have been gone for some time, and they've had a long conversation about the future and what future they hold together." See, the key is to <laughs> I base everything on William Shatner. You put an exclamation point in the middle of a sentence where it doesn't belong. <laughs> they had a conversation, a long conversation about the future and what it holds and they have decided that it's best they part ways. There will be no rose ceremony. <laughs> so I'm doing an impression of myself. Oh. It's so weird. <laughs> I know. And we're down to, we're going into episode five and we are down to nine guys. Wow. We're really <laughs> speeding through. Absolutely. So uh, if you... Um, if you don't need to catch up on Template, we'll uh, we'll make sure we see you again next Thursday night. Before we get out of here, though, we do have our quiz. If you want to be a part of our quiz, podcast at network10.com.au. That is our email address. It's really easy to get in touch with us, podcast at network10.com.au. Just type in uh, Cocktails and Roses quiz or I want to be a part of the quiz or pick me, pick me. I want that mystery 10 prize pack. Um, now let's get our uh, let's get our winner our winner. I call her a winner because, you know, let's be honest, no one's lost this quiz just yet. Um, this is Carrie. Carrie, very happy to have you on the quiz today. Thanks for listening to the podcast. How are we going? Really good. I love it. Okay, so uh, normally I'd say we're giving away some extraordinary piece of Bachelor merchandise, but let's be honest, Carrie, it's a mystery 10 prize pack. I have no <laughs> idea what it is. It might it might be a Ready Steady Cook apron or it might be something Ooh. that the Hot or Not crew from uh, the living room have, have piffed into the, into, the, into the prize cupboard. We don't know if what it is. If it's a totally wild pen, you- I'm here for that. <laughs> oh my god fun fact oh. fun fact the executive producer yes. of the bachelor and the bachelorette 
was a presenter on Totally Wild back in the 90s. What? So there you go. You're kidding me. 100%. You're... You go, Sean Murphy, our executive producer, was a presenter on Totally Wild. <laughs> yeah. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know. I thought no. you were talking about Janine and I our was boss, like, our, our boss, he now runs Warner Brothers Australia. He's the big head honcho and he was a TV wow. presenter. He was smart. He got to the other side of the camera quick and now he's got a, a like an actual longevity in his career. I just hope they bring my season back every couple of weeks. It's terrifying <laughs> trying to pay a mortgage with this job. I'm, I'm the silly one. Anyway, um, Carrie... Uh, you watch. You write to us in your email. You you watch every week with my partner and my two year old, who often makes kissing noises once the show is concluded. Your two year old stays up that late. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he does. Where look, <laughs> he has the reins in our household. Um, but we have worked out. He's been saying, um, "Oh my god" or "Oh my goodness," and I was like, "No one says that in my in my household. Where oh. is he getting that from?" And it's from Bachelor in Paradise and. You know, a season and a half. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Look at me go again. (laughs) Um, Well, let's just, let's be grateful that your two-year-old wasn't watching during the um, Abby Chatfield and Matt Agnew pool scene, uh, which we discussed earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Kids have a tendency to repeat the words you don't Uh, want to repeat. Let's be honest. Right. So, Carrie, three three questions here. I've got faith in you. I believe in you. I reckon you're going to be fine. Um, Alicia, take it away. Okay, our first question is, Tim Hanley was on Bachelor in Paradise this year. Who did he spend most of his time coupled up with? Brittany Hockley. Magnificent. I don't know if we can use a Love Island term on this show, but we just have, so whatever. It's fine. (laughs) Uh, Question two. Oh, yeah, coupled up with. (laughs) Naranga, I do love Love Island. Naranga was on whose season season of The Bachelorette? Naranga was on... um, Angie Kent season. Oh, she's all over this. Two out of three, I reckon. Can she make it a clean sweep, Alicia? You're killing it. Now, this was a very iconic moment from my season. Oh, yeah. So I've given you an extra clue. Um, (laughs) Kayla made a splash by jumping into the pool on the first cocktail party. Which bachelor was she trying to impress? Um, Honey Badger. Absolutely. Done. I remember the, the, pu- the punky recap was exquisite of that. Oh. It was brilliant and uh, beautiful. Sim. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, well, uh, look, I can I tell you, Carrie, you've won. Congratulations. Thank you, guys. That's Can't right. My pen. A, a totally wild visor from 1994 is coming your way. <laughs> Uh, whatever. Have a have a fantastic night. Thank you so much for joining us, and um, thanks for watching. Thanks, guys. Bye. See ya. Bye. Oh, thanks. she was fab. She was great. She was great. There you go. <laughs> uh, season six of The Bachelorette, episode three and four, done and dusted, covered off. Alicia, um, we're getting very quickly to some pretty serious emotions here on The Bachelorette. I'm kind of glad that we're it's a tighter group because I feel like once you get down there and they're spending, you know, just by virtue of there being less guys, you get more time with the bachelorettes, which increases emotions, which means that we, yeah, it gets tougher. We get, not that I live for drama, I just live for love, but we like some real emotions. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Thanks for being here. Bye-bye. 